Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. I'm your host, Sari, and this week I'm joined by Johnny, owner of High Tides Coffee, located in the East Crossroads. Johnny left his career at Hallmark after over 20 years to open a Hawaiian-themed coffee shop providing chill vibes and encouraging folks to slow down and enjoy the ride. Here's Johnny to talk all about High Tides Coffee. Casey's Confidential. One of the things that I love about High Tides is right when you walk in, you feel like you have been transported out of Kansas City into a tropical oasis from the decor to the drinks to the menu, everything you have done top to bottom has this tropical aspect. And I want to get into that. But I would first love to hear a little background about yourself and um, just an introductory to you. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I appreciate that. That's uh, definitely on point with the the goal of what we tried to create here. So it's so good to hear when people really get it. Yeah. So a little bit about my background. Um, Originally grew up in Detroit. So I'm not a Kansas City native. However, my wife, Michelle, who is co-owner of High Tides um, with me and the collective. And so Casey, she grew up here. So uh, feel very connected since the time I moved here and you know, went to school here, uh, worked in the industry for quite a while, and then obviously have stayed here because I love it. So, but yeah, growing up in Detroit, you can imagine not a whole lot of tropical vibes going on there. Uh, so I always aspired to be, you know, be into the sort of the surf culture, the had posters of the Hawaiian beaches on the, on my closet and, and on my back of my door, just always loved, it was always felt kind of connected to that culture. Um, however, never did really travel to anywhere like that until I was an adult. So it wasn't until I was actually in the working industry and could afford to travel myself that we actually started hitting some of these tropical destinations, which once I finally did, I knew that it was not just a thing. It was more than that. And super inspired by everywhere was able, lucky enough to actually see and experience for myself. So definitely even that far back, there was a route there. Who knows where it came from, but I have always loved it. But uh, yeah, uh, went to school at the Kansas City Art Institute, graduated with a design and illustration degree. Bachelor of Fine Arts there. Um, great school. Senior year, got an internship with Hallmark. So a lot of artists get a you know great start there, especially here in Kansas City. Uh, thought I'd only be there a few years. Ended up being there 25 years. So kind of kind of crazy. But during that course, really had a great uh, experience of, and a huge spectrum of all types of different type of work from starting as a greeting card artist and doing the actual artwork to eventually becoming an art director to eventually a senior art director toward the end or latter part of my career was a innovation leader, which was doing new business development ideas and eventually part of a small pet project of one of the Hall brothers in an incubator, creating new business concepts for Hallmark. So huge spectrum of things, but um, all that really still today influences the things that I'm a part of and do and projects that 
we take on. And um, yeah, it's an amazing experience. Learned a lot. Like said, hit that sort of 25 year mark, decided we want to try something different. So we took our hand at uh, designing some Kansas City apparel and products, started a company called SoKC. Started small, out of the basement, and eventually worked our way up to having our some pop-up shops around town to eventually a brick-and-mortar, stores within stores at some of the, like the main KC locations, the, the marketplaces, other a handful of other retailers would carry stuff wholesale, and, and then eventually working toward the bigger goal of, of the collective, which then led to High Tide. So it's kind of been a progressive thing but it's been a you know really cool journey and just like anyone there's all these amazing experiences that you build upon and and have led us to the next chapter so but it's been good it's been great and Kansas yeah. City's amazing and you know uh I probably don't have to tell you the creative community is unbelievable here and continue to just discover new things as well as uh contribute to some of the amazing things that are going around uh, you know, on around town and just love it. It's not like any other city I've been to. So was the idea of owning a coffee shop always in the back of your mind? Or is that something that came up naturally as you started branching off and starting this? So KC yeah. and, and other great, businesses? Great question. So yeah, it wasn't uh, always been a avid coffee enthusiast, always not, not in a hardcore way. Like I, I can't tell you like off the top of my head, how many origins there are out there, but always, you know, drinking a cup of coffee throughout any, any part of the day and just uh, probably more than I should be. But, but yeah, a few years back started doing some design work for Thou Mayest Coffee, if, if you know them and they're uh, another local company and started with just some bag designs with like, Hey, I, I love your brand. Love to do some design work for you. Let me tr take a hand at this. And if you love it, great. If you don't, no harm done. And fast forward a couple of years, I ended up doing all their bags and a lot of their branding work and signage and all that stuff. Eventually that experience, because of doing some of that work, when it came time for us to look at the opportunity at hand of the idea of our own coffee shop. Cause we always knew that we wanted our, our creative studio collective X to be, to have a co coffee component. When that time came, we, we actually, you know, had a little bit of experience there, you know, from working with thou mayest and actually a couple other coffee shops um, with, with some of their branding. And yeah, it seemed like a, a, an easy step. We did have, it was kind of a lemons into lemonade, type of situation because when working with Almas, they had a location here at the shop pre-COVID. But as you know, a lot of people were faced with a lot of different challenges. They had to make the tough decision to close shop. And so we were kind of left with a shell of saying, okay, what are we going to do with this space? It's kind of outfitted uh, for another shop, obviously another coffee uh, spot. But when we started talking about it, we're like, well, why don't we've got some good connections? Why don't we, you know, take our hand at it? And so started concepting around that. And one of the things that was an easy idea to center around was the idea of a sort of a tropical Hawaiian inspired theme. And the more we played that out, the more I kind of designed around that, it just seemed like a really easy fit and it came together really nicely. And so we revamped the space, kind of rearranged things based on what we knew worked and what didn't work and said, let's let's give it a shot. Let's try it. And, and now we're coming up on our two year anniversary this February. So pretty cool. 
And on your Instagram page, you say a new take on coffee breaks. Yes. Is that sort of the coffee shop motto? And if so, can you explain that a little more? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it is definitely our model. It is the idea of, you know, when we were, when we were kind of building the brand attributes of what we wanted to stand for, we knew that the idea of escapism and was going to play into that. I think anything that's kind of themed out does that to some degree. And I've always been a fan of that when, whether it's, you know, an amusement park or a themed out store or whatever it might be. I love those details. And so we knew that with the idea of a tropical theme, people tend to gravitate toward those spaces because they're a getaway. Well, if you can't actually go to one of the Hawaiian islands, we were, our hopes was that you would escape with us. Even if it's for five minutes, you might have a little bit of a break from your day. It's also a little bit of a play on breaking waves, you know, like uh, if you've got the rhythm of your day and it's happening and like the waves coming in, hopefully you'll ride one of those waves into our shop and you'll have, whether you have five minutes or two hours, it's a bit of an escape from your routine that you're normally accustomed to. And so that was really the idea. And what that led us to, to, um, you know, really building around was, okay, well, if the idea is around this escape, then maybe the recipes and the things we're offering also are a little bit elevated or playing into that theme as well. Sort of that resort mentality. Not that we're saying we're the caliber of a high-end resort, but that's the mentality that you would go into if you were going on vacation and you wanted to get away. You might treat yourself to something a little bit, you know, extravagant or decadent or whatever it might be. And you, so our recipes were kind of built around that idea. The times that we've actually traveled to Hawaii, we've been there, uh, I think, at like at least a half a dozen times um, to multiple islands. It always kind of has that feeling for us. We always feel like we've been completely removed from our normal life. There's a vibe there that we always feel and wanted to try to capture and bring that back a, at least a little bit. We know it's, you know, it's not exactly the same, but what's been cool is people that have been to one of the islands or, or somewhere similar, just even a tropical destination. They, they like that they, that the vibe is, is kind of that similar feel. And so, you know, that includes relaxing, like I said, some fun recipes, the decor, um, it all kind of plays together. So that's what we, we really were kind of going after with that, that sort of mantra or the motto. And from what we hear from people, it's pretty much what they feel, at least the feedback has been that. So keep rolling with it as long as we can. As you said, you know, similar to sort of like pop-up bars, Kansas City really does love a good theme. And you having a consistent theme and people knowing when they walk in, it's sort of those tiki vibes. And I think maybe because we're in the Midwest, there's something that draws people to the tiki theme because it's so outside of the norm of what we see in the Midwest. We obviously don't have waves. We don't have beaches here. Right. We're pretty landlocked, you know, exactly. and, and I agree. I think it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of a, you know, we've, we've coined it as a little bit of an oasis, a little bit of a, a getaway. And I think, yeah, you, you, people aspire to be places or experience other things that maybe their their normal daily life isn't like I imagine if you're in a tropical set of setting day in day out you know year round you might be thinking about getting to some slopes and snowboarding or something like that you know that might be what you aspire but definitely here in KC you know we've got some great lakes 
you know, that people will spend some time in the summertime, but for the most of the year, it's pretty, it's pretty standard fare for the Midwest. And so we, it's kind of a nice surprise. And, and we, we overtly did not put giant signage on the exterior of the building so that it is a little bit of a discovery or it's a, if you know, you know, kind of vibe like friends telling friends and family telling family or friends, you know, it's like, that was kind of purposeful too. It's like, oh, well, if you know about it, great. Maybe not the, the, the most brilliant marketing strategy. You might get someone that might be like, what are you doing? You need a sign. But, but yeah, so far it's been, it's been pretty good word of mouth and Kansas city is pretty strong. And so we've, we've been very fortunate in that aspect too. So. As you said, you're coming up on your two-year anniversary, which congratulations, by the Thank way. Thank you. Thank you. Opening during COVID, what was that process like? Yeah, it was pretty wild. So like I like I mentioned earlier, like we we were kind of faced with this situation of, okay, we've got this empty shell of a previous coffee shop, right? And we don't know, we didn't know exactly what to do. We first started thinking, okay, well, we're going to have to find someone else, another shop to, to, to replace these folks. And so but the more we talked about it, the more we were like, oh, this could be kind of cool. And we were to back up a little bit. We were we, were, we weren't doing our normal work either. We were we converted the whole studio because all of our normal jobs where we're doing like custom artwork for different people, signage and fabrication and um, design work and whatnot all dried up too, because everybody was closed. So we quickly converted the studio over to a mask making facility because we had the sewing capabilities here at the studio. And we randomly got a tip from somebody that was at a, doc a local doctor's office and said, Hey, we're out of masks. Can you make us some masks? We know that you can sew. And so we said, sure, we made them. And then we thought, well, maybe some other people might need them too. So we did a post and it went viral, which we had no idea was going to happen. And um, the next thing you know, we were making thousands of masks and we were hiring everybody in the neighborhood that was out of work, that was service jobs, or they worked at a, you know, a clothing place and it was closed. Um, anybody, we were taking any help we could get because the orders were coming in all uh, first, it was just nationally, and then it was internationally, and we couldn't keep up with it. So with that being said, we took that opportunity and took some of what we were, you know, some of the people we were working with are actually baristas from shutdown coffee shops. And we said, okay, well, with your expertise and our previous experience with some of these other shops, you know, could we make this work and and, and do it on our own? And so we said, okay, let's put it together, see if it makes sense. It did and kind of launched it at a point where people were starting to get back out. If you, you know, it's kind of a little bit blurry now, but people were getting out. They were still masked up obviously, but we thought, oh, people need a break. They need to get out of their houses. They're going to want it. Maybe they can't travel yet. Maybe they're not comfortable with traveling yet, but maybe they'll come see us for a little getaway. Um, so that was part of the strategy too. It was like, okay, we'll put that combination of people getting back out plus we're this escapist concept. Maybe it'll work. And we did. And uh, we're very fortunate. People, people showed up. So that was really kind of uh, how it kind of kicked off um, from the, from the get-go. And and once again, you just, we didn't know, you just kind of almost have to take that first step and say, well, you'll either love it or hate it. And we'll know pretty quick and let's just go for it. And so we did. And yeah, 
That's great that you were able to pivot so quickly into making masks and then being able to employ people in the community and people whose jobs were affected by COVID. So that's awesome that you were able to take something that was going on and still be able to help the community. As you said, even have international orders, you know, being able to quickly. Wild. We had no idea. And, you know, what was cool too, is we quickly adopted a sort of a Tom shoe model where you buy one, give one type of thing. And so, cause we couldn't afford to just donate, but we were getting requests from hospitals all over the country, especially like at first it was like in New York and, and Atlanta, some of the places that were really heavy hit by COVID and, they were begging us for help. And we were, we were like, well, what do we do? And so with that model, it enabled us to, and the customers, you know, that were buying masks to help. They were not only paying for their mask, but they knew they were paying for a second mask that was being donated. And we donated tens, tens of thousands of masks. I, we, we, I think we stopped counting. We were somewhere in the 150,000 mask range before we finally stopped counting where we were like, I can't keep track of it anymore. But yeah, it was a lot. It, it was great. It helped us get through a tough time and it helped others. And that was cool. But like I said, sort of lemons into lemonade. It, if that hadn't all gone down, we probably wouldn't have been doing high tides like we are today. And we're so glad that it did work out the way it did because we love the concept. It's rooted in things that, like I said, go back to my even my childhood and our family's life, you know, traveling to Hawaii and being inspired by the, that culture and those visits. And yeah, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to think what if it hadn't happened, you know, like, I'm like, gosh, that'd be terrible. You know, we, we love it so much. So glad it did. It's so amazing to hear, especially from small business owners in Kansas City, that through COVID, how much the community stepped up and backed these small businesses. And like I said, I think when you purchase a mask and being able to donate one, that sense of people feeling like, okay, not only am I being safe, but I'm helping someone else be safe during this really unknown time really shows how much Kansas City was coming together to support one another and, you know, lean on each other during a time of so much uncertainty. Yeah, it was. And it was great that even the mayor's office, we, we partnered up with them because, you know, we, they were telling businesses they had to close and we were like, well, you know, we're making these masks. We were, you know, we need, so they, they helped us work through um, being deemed as an essential business, which was at the time is the only way, way you could stay open. So there was things like that where even the city came together and helped us out. And then in return, we were able to provide masks for their facilities, the ride shares that, you know, they have out there for people that were still needing to get out and go to the hospital and so forth. And we're providing some of those drivers with masks or even restaurants that were staying open that were, you know, still cooking and, and making food and having it delivered. Like those places had to stay open, but they, you know, they didn't have a whole lot to turn to. So there was a lot of great businesses that requested us to help out there. And then in return, they fed us for free and all the people that were helping out. We were getting amazing food from all these different places that really helped us out, keeping people working. And yeah, it's just a good vibe. And 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 that together, working together vibe is kind of the, is sort of at the essence of what the, the art studio Collective X is all about anyways. And so back to high ties, we thought, well, why don't we take that same mentality 
of working together and collaborating and applied some of those same ways of working to that. And that's actually how we ended up working with the former roaster of Thou Mayest, uh, Christopher Oppenheim, who does Marcel. He roasts our coffee and he's an expert. He's been in the business for 30 years or close to. And so leaning into him and his expertise, Meshuggah bagels for some of the best bagels in town, donutology, so forth. And, and, and so installing that same principle and work uh, ethic. Yeah. just clicked and, and made sense. And so, yeah. And then, and once again, back to your point, the, the, that sense of community and helping each other, and it's just a good vibe. And that's what we wanted to try to capture that sort of uh, idea of getting away for a, a few minutes or however long you can afford. And hopefully you can share in that same vibe through the coffee shop. Speaking of food, one of my favorite things on your menu is the bagel with cream cheese and avocado on top oh, yeah. with the dill. It's so yes. good. It's a combination a good I never right? would have thought of. And it's <laughs> so good. But yeah. I want to ask you about the menu items. How are you coming up with what you're serving on the yeah. menu? Well, so that's, yeah, that's a great one. Um, it kind of comes from a lot of different places. Um, of course, one being just the Hawaiian culture in itself and the things that we've tried and tasted when we visited. Um, we're, we're always into trying recipes that are using ingredients that are native to the island. So that that was one big part of it of things to say, okay, well, these things are very popular when you go visit. If you, you know, are at a restaurant or you're at an event, whether it's a luau or one of the amazing food trucks that they are very abundant there, you'll be interacting with these things that are literally grown right there and they're infusing it into recipes. So we were taking some of that, also taking some things that we know that are classic coffee shop type of grab and go type of things, and then trying to find the, the spin that made sense or leaning into some of the people we work with and what they felt like were really uh, great combinations. Um, really trying to say, okay, well, once again, we're not experts in all these things, but what is your take on this? And so some of the baristas would come forward with their ideas. We would have some of the other uh, studio members chime in. We always do tastings where we're, someone has an idea wherever it may have come from, and then we'll, tr we'll put it together and everybody in the studio tries it. We'll say, oh, it's too sweet or it's not, a, you know, it needs a little bit of salt. What if we added some salt? And then, you know, we'll say, okay, well, back to the theme. We were able to source a black Hawaiian sea salt. What if we try that ra rather than just a regular salt? And once again, that's comes up with some really great solutions that end up being things that in the beginning, we obviously had to put it on a, put a menu together. But what a lot of people don't know is that we have a secret menu and you can always ask about it. What's cool is that's actually a way that we use to test out new recipes. Well, you put it on the secret menu and then when friends or regulars come in, we'll say, hey, we've got this new thing. Would you like to try it out? We usually treat them to it and then they give us their feedback. And after a while, word gets out or we'll tease it on social. And if it clicks, then it actually goes up to the main menu and that's how we update the menu. So a lot of 
we're, I think we're on like the third, maybe fourth iteration of our menu since we opened and things that are new that weren't there in the beginning are usually items that came from that secret menu. So it's kind of a cool thing, but once again, leaning into the, the opinion and expertise of the people around us, you know, and, and saying, okay, well, I love this. I hope you'll love it, but what do you think? And really taking in consideration what you're hearing back and, and, and building upon that with that filter of going back to the culture that inspires the whole concept, you know, the Hawaiian culture being that, and what does this feel like it's on theme and does it feel like we're, you know, it's a, it's a nod to the things that we love when we go there. And, and so far that formula has worked. As a customer, I think it's awesome to feel like you are part of the menu and what things are being added when you love something and to see it become a regular item. I think that's great that you yeah. are not only involving your staff, but customers as well and yeah. regulars, people who are obviously very loyal to the shop in the decision making into yeah. what is in the shop. So I think, I think that's a, great. I think it's important. And, you know, because they're ultimately they're the ones that are supporting the business, right? So you've got to be make sure that you're connecting with them. The other cool part that came out of it that we didn't really ex I guess we if we had thought about it long term, we would probably come to the conclusion, but it was kind of a happy accident. We started sourcing stuff actually from the islands. And so, you know, things like our granola and our honey and the sea salt and some of the, the teas that we, the mamaki teas that we use are all sourced from the island. So uh, immediately we realized, oh my gosh, we're actually not only supporting local great businesses, but we're actually sourcing the, these from companies that are based on the islands. We're sourcing these Hawaiian businesses. And in some cases they were one or two people that were just, you know, starting up a business on their own. And we discovered it, sourced some and tried it and fell in love with it and said, yes, we want, you know, will you work with us? And they were always so welcoming. And then some of the other companies were a little more established, but they were staples. If you've been to the islands, like we have Hawaiian sun here and Hawaiian sun's in like everywhere. And it has been since the fifties, you know, so, but they're Hawaiian favorites. So that range of working with companies that are actually there, that was a kind of a really great surprise. We didn't see that kind of, we didn't plan that, but it, it made perfect sense. And it was a way for us to kind of support and give back a little bit to the culture that we were so inspired by to begin with. So that was really cool. And um, once again, supporting the local businesses as well. So a really nice mix of the two. And then involving the customer, like you said, that just like seemed like a perfect happy medium there. So, yeah. As a business owner, what are some struggles that you faced in the last two years? Oh yeah. That's a great question. It's um, in the beginning, like I mentioned, the struggle at first is like, are people going to love this idea or not? You know, you hope they're going to love it as much as you love it or the people around you say they love it. So that was the first struggle. But then, you know, as you get into it and you realize, okay, we're on to something that people want. Then the struggle is how do you figure out the flow of what needs to happen in order for the daily routine of it to work and, and provide what you need it to do. And then honestly, challenges of prices and things shifting in the market. You know, we, uh, when we first started, you know, milk as an example, such a huge component of, of the coffee culture. Well, it's doubled in price since we started just two years ago. And so, and this is not unique to us. This is probably, if you talk to any small business owner or even probably larger companies at that, 
they're all dealing with the same thing of, of the cost of goods going up. So it's been interesting because it seems like as we've grown and we figure out one thing, there might be another thing that you're like, oh, didn't see that coming. But yes, we definitely have to deal with this. But yeah, I would say probably one of the more recent things that we've been dealing with is the cost of goods um, and some some of the supply chains. You know, some of the things have been that we were like, oh, you, we can get this any time of day, every day, 24-7. All of a sudden you're like, oh, nobody has this right now. And we have to figure out, okay, well, how do we shift and pivot in a way that doesn't compromise what we're trying to stand for and what we're trying to do? And how do we compensate for the the cost of those goods shifting, but at the same point, not gouge the customer so much that they go, well, what, what the heck happened? So you have to try to find that happy medium of price points. And we look at ways to be more efficient within the kitchen as a whole and the cafe as a whole and say, well, let's make the smarter decisions as a business owner. How can we share ingredients across recipes? That's a, that's a cost savings. How can we use less of this material and use this instead, all those little things you start to figure out and start challenging yourself to figure out. But I think that that comes with, you know, years of experience in business. It's not something that you just say, okay, I'm going to start a business and be able to figure out all that. I think the key element of it is understanding that there will be ambiguity that comes along with doing something of your own. And you've got to be wired and ready for that. And when it does happen, you've got to be able to just get to it and understand that I, I, you know, me personally, or Michelle, my wife does, you know, she, neither one of us want to accept the idea of failure. So we're going to figure this out one way or another. We're going to figure this out. Whatever we have to do, we're going to do this to make it work. I think you have to be wired that way to some degree to even take takes on projects like this because it it's a lot it, it seeps into your personal life and it seeps into times that you think it's going to be slow it makes it crazy and busy and but the good part of it is is you're you know hopefully you're doing something you love which we are and and then we see the reaction of people coming in and and it, it becomes much more than what you even realize it could be when you see family sharing time together or business people having a a moment where they're working on work stuff, but you can tell they're in, they're enjoying something that we're offering. I'm like, okay, that's, that's the cool part. That's that thing that we were setting out to do. So, but yeah, I would definitely say that's, that's some of the stuff that we've, we've been challenged with. When you are able to put work aside and sort of take a breather yourself, what does life in Kansas city look like for you? Oh, uh, well, I will say I don't get out to as many creative events as I'd love to. So if, if someone's having a gallery showing or there's a music event or something like that, I'll try to, I'll try to get to that, but not as much as I used to. I do love bowling. So that's kind of a weird thing. And we've got a group of people that we've met through the coffee shop here that but in talking with them, we realized that we all love this and decided to, well, they were already doing, they were bowling once a week and said, Hey, why don't you come join? And that was probably about a year ago, maybe. And every Sunday we bowl. So that is a bit of my personal getaway, if you could say, but yeah, I love that. I, uh, if, if you've been in the shop, there's obviously anybody that's been in here knows that we have a bunch of 
uh, memorabilia and antiques that are kind of sitting around, you know, as decor. I love the thrill of that hunt of finding those things. There's something special about the idea of memorabilia that people have, you know, gotten like when they visited Hawaii, maybe, you know, back in the 40s, 50s or 60s, that era when, when people were first really traveling there and bringing back a piece that they would help remind them of that wonderful time they had. I love finding those little tchotchkes that are, uh, that they went to the trouble and bringing back and they turn up now in antique stores or flea markets or thrift stores, whatnot. And most of the collection is from, you know, hunting for those specific things. Um, Cause I do it. I, you know, every time I go, I'm like, Oh, what can I bring back? That reminds me of this particular visit. And I know that's, that's kind of the mentality for a lot of people when they travel somewhere they love. And so hunting for those things, knowing that there's some kind of memory, even though we might not know the full story of what that is, there's something oddly romantic and charming about that. So I love to go to places that sell that stuff and see what we can find. And That's so special to know that all of these artifacts and objects in your in your uh, space not only go with the vibe but you have found through sort of this treasure hunting so yeah. that's very cool and a cool thing for people to pay attention to when they visit the shop because like I said the whole vibe I mean it's decked out top to bottom you did not half-ass anything Thank that you, you did with your coffee shop it's yeah. and it feels very authentic as well so it's a cool fact just about you know what you have in the shop and that you have found a lot of it you know yeah. either from your own trips or just through this uh treasure it's a little hunting. bit of both i think there's some stuff that is from our you know like we have definitely stuff on display that were like i we bought while we were visiting but then yeah most of it's those memories from other people but really great about it and I, you know we wanted to do it in a way you know, I don't want to bag on any other themed out tiki themed places, but sometimes they can go in a way that is a little bit tacky or over the top, you know, and we were, we were looking at it from a more of a standpoint of saying, okay, we want to do something that's really respectful, not only to the Hawaiian culture and hopefully, you know, shows some of the highlights, but because we, when we, when we visit, we'll make points of visiting like the last, we were just in Maui in July and we, met with a third generation woodcarver that does the massive sculpting out of found wood and he makes these beautiful pieces and at first we you know we're talking to him asking about what he does and I'll, I'll admit he was a little standoffish like we were the typical tourist but once we talked about well we have a creative studio and we love the creative process tell us about how you do this and how do you 10 minutes in he we had us back in his studio showing us the way he cars, the tools he uses, how he picks the wood. He sees the objects in the wood before he ever starts carving and the, and, and the symbolism that goes into the different things that he carves. All that really meaningful, important stuff he was sharing with us. And I mean, I just love that to me is so special. And, you know, being a creative person, I understand his passion behind that and being third generation like that, just remarkable. And we were honored to be part of that. If there was anything you could change about Kansas City, having lived here for a number of years, what would you change if you could? Oh my, wow. I will say when I first moved to Kansas City, and I'll date myself because I'm like, I'm old. So it's it's uh, uh, graduated in the early 90s. So Kansas City was very different 
then. Um, the art community was there, but it was very sort of underground. There was only a few gallery spaces. The crossroads didn't actually exist. And the downtown was, there was no life downtown. In fact, that coming from Detroit, I was kind of shocked. I was like used to going downtown and seeing great concerts and going to some great gallery spaces, coffee shops. And now fast forward to today, so much has, has changed in Kansas City. I would, I would probably just say I love, I love the change that's happening, and I would love to see that just continue and continue to grow, especially with the creative community. Things like the crossroads that's of de uh, developed, and now even where we're located in the East Crossroads, it's trickling outward, um, sort of you know rippling outward, which is great. And the West Bottoms is rejuvenating again, and even the um, East Bottoms. When you talk about where the new uh, Casey Current Stadium's going to be and some other great coffee shops. Like you're seeing life in these spaces that great architecture, great foundation, but just nobody's been utilizing it for so long as now that's changing. And so it's more of like, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I want to see it change. I just want to see it continuing, you know, and, and keep growing in the, in the way that it is, because I, I would say that's probably the most attractive part of Kansas City to me is there's something about the Kansas City creative community that's unlike any other city I've ever seen. And we, surprisingly, now that we have the coffee shop, we hear that from a lot of creatives that come in that are visiting from other cities. They'll tell us, like, what's going on here in Kansas City? It is a thing that I've not I didn't know was here. And now that I've visited and I've seen a few places, they're kind of blown away by it. You know, we've 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 said that for years that Kansas City is a hidden gem. There's already really great things happening right now. There's talk about amazing stuff happening in the next several years. And all those things we know are just going to continue to add to the energy that is around us. So it's just super stoked we can be a part of it. Back to, you know, the shop, sure. are there any upcoming drinks or menu items that you would want listeners to know about anything special coming up? Always ask about the secret menu because the secret menu is where we're, we're testing out all those new things. We have just launched a few great things that are going to be that were they were intended to be kind of just a small rotation, maybe for a couple of months. And then we would go on to the next thing. But they were such faves of people that they actually we were like okay we gotta keep these around um one one of them is surprising like not to get too specific but one of them that i really think is incredible and i'm so glad people have tapped into is we have a, a dish called the lava guava roll and it's actually a cinnamon roll with pureed guava on top a house made uh, icing and black the black lava sea salt on top and surprisingly those flavors were like meant to go together it is crazy we had no idea we were just experimenting one of us came up with it and it was one of those things we we're like oh my gosh we were all looking at each other like wow of course we always have the staples that will play off of like the dole whip is a fan fave like we can't you can't go wrong with dole whip if you've ever had it before it's it's kind of a cult favorite but yeah, we've got some cool things coming up. We're we're testing out some new ideas, some new recipes, and they will definitely be on that men that secret menu. So definitely stay tuned on those for sure. I love that. And for anyone who isn't already following on social media, where can people follow along and keep up with any shop updates? Yeah, well, so we have, of course, our I think our 
biggest platform is Instagram. We feed that. It does kind of default to Facebook too. So if you're still using Facebook, that's great. You know, it, it goes there too. But Instagram is where I put most of our stuff and 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 use utilize that the most. And that's where we'll put anything that we're doing from event standpoint. Like if we have workshops coming up, we do some great workshops where we're, you can build your own floral arrangement with Colleen and do a tropical design. Or she did a build your own lay workshop where you could actually string together these beautiful flowers onto a lay and walk out with that. We've done ukulele workshops, live music events where we've had you know musicians come in and do some uh, Hawaiian inspired sets, which is cool. All that we post out there via uh, stories or reels. Yeah, uh, I would say definitely hit us up there for the most current stuff. If you're looking for like a menu, if you've not been in before and you want to see a menu prior, our website, just hightidescoffee.com. You can go to the Instagram is hightidescoffee as well. And that's H-I-T-I-D-E-S a lot. So we've had a few people put in the proper grammar version of it and um, you won't find us there. But yeah, it's cool because we've you know, we, we always seem to be kind of working on a, another idea or concept. We love that space. And we, I think just being, being attached to creative workshop and being creative people as are in our blood, it's like, we're always looking for like the next new thing we can try and do and always trying to keep it fun. So a lot of times that does involve, you know, just uh, the public as well. So we will put it out there and see what people think. If there are any listeners, I definitely recommend going to High Tides because as we've you know, repeatedly said, just the overall vibe and the menu, it's just different than any other coffee shop in Kansas City, which there are dozens of amazing coffee shops in Kansas Agreed. City all over the city in different Agreed. neighborhoods. But High Tides is so unique and it's so different. And it's offering, as we've said, this escape, this tropical escape, and it's just really different. And I Love what you and your team are doing and just your vibe and your infectious <laughs> love for the Hawaiian culture and your shop in, in general, I think is so great. And I think it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons people love your shop so much because they can feel how much the passion that you have for what you're serving and the vibe of the coffee shop. You're putting so much detail and thought and love into everything that you're doing. And, and I think customers can really tell. Oh, that's amazing. You can now represent our business anytime you want. Cause you've got, you, I can't, I can't think of a better way to describe it. You nailed it. So thank you very much. Um, and we appreciate the opportunity to be part of your cast because it's like, you know, we do there is surprising when we still meet people that haven't found us yet. And that's cool to, to see who, who's new and who we can reach, but then it's also, we love the regulars. So, and like you said, everybody's welcome. We, we try to create an environment that everybody feels like they can be a part of it and just see what the vibe is about. I mean, life is tough at times and we all have to deal with a lot of stuff, but if you can take a moment to just chill out, relax and be around a, a, a positive vibe that other people are sharing in, I mean, that seems like what we should all be trying to strive for. So I'm glad we can provide that for some folks. It's um, it's it's super cool. And like I said, stoked we can be a part of this amazing community. Be sure to check the show notes for High Tide's Instagram and website information. You can follow me on Instagram at Casey by Sari, and we'll see you next week. Ooh, hey, hey, Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Yay. Hey. Oh.
Kansas City's best. Ooh, Casey Confidential. School papa pira papa Casey's Confidential.